Welcome to this uh, August edition of the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 12th episode. Today, you've got myself, John, and we've got Andy with me. As always, we stream it live on Facebook. So if you want to see what we look like, please go to our Facebook page. So just search for GPS Training on Facebook and don't forget to like our page when you're there. So without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. It's our 12th podcast. We did our first ever GPS training podcast in September last year. So it's nearly our first birthday. Maybe we should do something different next month. I remember back in the staff meeting the first Wednesday of August when I piped up with this idea of doing a podcast and uh, there was a few blank faces uh, around the office. Andy thankfully knew our podcast was another game else did. So one month later, we launched it, um, and then the following month in October, we streamed it live on Facebook, we did. Um, since that first month, hopefully you've improved. I don't know if you've ever gone back and listened to the first one we ever did. Um, we've had plenty of good GPS chat over that time and some great guests. So who have we had on the podcast over the last 12 editions? We've had Tom from Garmin. He's our only guy who's been on twice. So thanks for coming on, Tom, once in person and once also um, um, coming out to see us up in Northumberland. We've also had Ross on from SatMap. He's came up into Northumberland. We had Pete from the podcast show. I actually met Pete last uh, weekend at Mega. He was at a geocaching event at Mega and he actually bought a GPS unit off us. So thanks, Pete, uh, for that. We had Mike, the walking Englishman on. So he was a really good guest. He was fantastic. I edited him quite down because we had quite a long interview with him. And of course, we've had Duncan, the Scottish guy who built his own rowing boat and is rowing across the Atlantic. As of Thursday last, well, this week, he's actually halfway across the Atlantic. So well done to Duncan. Duncan's actually got our Garmin in reach with him. Um, so if you get our Friday newsletter, you'll have seen that we've been putting the tracking in there from the Garmin in reach so you can see exactly where he is. So hopefully over the coming year, we continue to have some great guests on. In today's podcast, we're going to look at the following. We, will, we take a look at the Garmin Phoenix 5S Plus, a smaller brother or sister of the 5 Plus that we talked about last week with Tom from Garmin. We will chat over the motorbike trail riders need to navigate along green lanes, both in the UK and beyond. We have Andy's top tips, both Garmin and SatMap. Now, if you get our weekly newsletter, you'll see a sent a newsletter out during the week asking if anyone wants anything covered in the podcast. On the back of that, we got a lot of requests, some support questions, etc. Lots of things like that. So for one month only, we're going to have Ask Andy. So we're going to put some of those questions to Andy. And then finally, we have the first ever GPS training competition, GPS training podcast competition. We have to wait to the end of the podcast to hear what that's about. So first of all, the Garmin, the new Garmin FS plus um, Andy. So last month on the podcast, we talked to Tom who taught us about the new uh, 5 Plus. So over the last few weeks, the S has come out, hasn't it? It's the little brother or sister of the 5 Plus. So what are the key differences between the 5 and the 5S? <laughs> yeah, so we've got in stock now. Um, I've only got the boxes here for those of you on Facebook. We have the Phoenix 5 Plus that we talked about last week, the new watch with the European mapping on. We've now got the Phoenix 5S Plus in stock. I've always assumed that the S stood for smaller, smaller. 
which in fact it uh, whether it does or not that is the main difference between the 5s plus and the 5 plus it is a slightly smaller watch so there's three things we normally look at when we're comparing the two watches the 5s the smaller one has a smaller bezel compared to the the the, the standard phoenix 5 plus yeah. so it's a 42 by 42 by 15.4 millimeter bezel compared to the standard one that's 47 by 47 by 15.8 so a slightly smaller bezel yeah. so if you've got a smaller wrist or no i tend to find the ladies prefer that slightly smaller watch the actual screen size is the same it's right. just the bezel is a bit smaller okay. the strap as well is a little bit narrower with a smaller bezel it's a 20 millimeter wide strap rather than the 22 millimeter wide right so it's five millimeters smaller yeah the bezel the, yeah. straps a little bit shorter i should have i have never actually measured the straps so i know it's a little bit mm -hmm. shorter than the standard one weight wise because we've got the smaller bezel it's 65 grams the the 5s instead of the 86 grams that you have on the standard phoenix 5 plus so okay lighter with it being smaller and you know the, the, the smaller compact size it does has a slightly smaller battery in so battery life's a little bit less um we find we get sort of seven days approximate normal use whereas with a bigger one you can get up to 12 days and the gps on all the time if you're using gps it's 11 hours on the smaller 5s whereas you can get up to 19 hours with the bigger one but it's the same functionality that we see on the everything else is the same you don't lose any functionality it's basically just a smaller and lighter version mm -hmm. someone who's maybe got a smaller wrist or just wants that smaller lighter watch but all the same functionality it's still got all this new music the garmin pay the maps the gps everything that we talked about in last month's podcast on the five plus so the only negative the smaller i think would be a benefit because then we know the phoenix watches are relatively big on people's wrists so the only the only negative is that it's that poorer battery life isn't it yeah you lose a bit of battery but to be honest most things i would do wouldn't be past that 11 hours yeah. bear in mind those of you using it for sort of trail runs and these long long events with both of the watches you have something called ultra track mode where you're just not getting the gps signal as often it's instead of every second it's every top of my head it's about every five or six seconds and i know with the even with a smaller watch you can get something like 25 hours i think it is approximately so you do have other modes in the watch that will increase that battery life fantastic so overall it's just slightly smaller and the battery life is a little bit poorer but again it's as annie said 11 hours using the gps is is is, is okay for most people yeah. isn't it and then seven days or nine nine uh, seven days or 12 days um with the uh if you're not using the actual gps on it now since last month and he's done the gps training online resources packed full of videos so how many videos are you doing in total on this on yeah the so this is plus? we've added a new section on the online training resource called multi-activity watches got the phoenix 5 plus in there i should say if you don't have the new 5 plus even though we've used the 5 plus you will get some benefit from those videos if you've got the older phoenix 5 because a lot of things are very similar we have 28 videos on there now wow that's fantastic so that's and they cover everything, don't they, really, from switching on for the first time, pairing it with your smartphone, right through to using Garmin Pay and lots, lots more. Yeah, and loads of videos on the navigational side of using the routes and the courses and the Garmin Connect app with it. So loads of videos if you want a Phoenix 5 watch on the online training resource oh, now. That's brilliant. So that's a new Phoenix 5S Plus, which has just come out in the last month. And it's just a smaller brother or sister for the 5 Plus, which has been out for a couple of months now. Now, if you want to know more about each of these uh, wrist-based GPS units, just take a look at our website 
website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS store, then under multi-activity GPS watch, you will see Garmin GPS watch. We're also talking there about the training videos for the Phoenix watch. You can find those on the, our online resource. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on online resource, and you'll see them under courses, multi-activity GPS watches. Then you'll see the Garmin Phoenix 5 watches. The next thing on the podcast today is motorbike trail riders. What do they need to navigate along the green lanes, both in the UK and beyond? So, first of all, trail riders, Andy, what are trail riders and what, 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 why do they need to navigate off-road? Off why do they need uh, ordinance? So tra- you're on a trail bike, you're going off-road. It's important trail riders will understand this, that they've got to be careful that they're navigating along the right uh, tracks that they're allowed to navigate on you you have this terminology on an ordnance survey map called boats which boats in majority accent stands for byways open to all traffic and you do have those marked on an ordnance survey map so if you're a trail rider and you've got a gps that has ordnance survey maps on the screen you can check that you're definitely on a byway open to all traffic and make sure you're navigating along the, along the right track that you're allowed to go along. I'm going to talk about your accent. Have you seen the email overnight from that, that lady? She says, yeah. she's watched your videos so, so much she's starting to talk with a Geordie <laughs> accent. So, uh, I know. <laughs> influence the yeah. accent. So trail riders and motorbikes that go off-road and as Andy said, they need to go in the right place. They can't go on footpaths or bridleway. They've got on these boats, haven't they, which are the... Uh, yeah. uh, these. Uh, and the same as navigating when you're walking or hiking it's that beauty that you know if you go out on the bike and then the weather turns nasty and you want to track back to the start of where you you, you parked your trailer or the road that you you joined the byway on like any gps you can use the gps to track back to the start exactly. record where you've went on your bike so you can share it with your friends so they go on the right tracks when they go out the next time on their own brilliant so, so what units or units are trail riders preferring well, to for use for facebook Users, you'll see I'm holding up the Montana 610. We also do the Montana 680. This is a Garmin unit. The reason we find trail riders tend to go for this unit is it's tough and robust. It has a high weatherproof rating of IP67, so it can be used out in the rain all day. But it has a nice size screen. It's got the 4-inch diagonal screen, and it's what we call a resistive glass screen. So this screen actually works with your gloves on. Of course, trail riders will know that for, they've got all that safety equipment on. They'll be wearing gloves. So decent size screen and you can use it with your gloves on. So that's one of the first reasons I find trail riders normally go for this That's unit. an interesting one for walkers as well. So if you're a winter walker, you can use that GPS unit with your gloves on. Yeah, again, we have walkers who walk all season where we tend to look at a push-button unit. But when they want that bigger screen, they'll often go for... In the Garmin range, they'll go for the Montana because of that using the, the gloves. So that's the first reason why. It can actually go in landscape mode as well. So I find when you want a trail bike, it's nice actually sometimes to sit it in landscape mode or you can put it in portrait mode, which is where we move on to the mounts. The mounts. The first thing, so the unit, Montana 610, 680, that's what the majority of them go for. And then the mounts, there's a couple of mounts they're going for, isn't there? Yeah, so the other reason I think customers tend to go for the Montana and we get the good feedback on the trail bikes, it's how you're going to mount it on the bars of your motorbike. And obviously on a motorbike, there's a lot more vibration and shaking than you would get, of course, on, on a normal pedal bike, say on the road. Um, maybe a mountain bike similar, but you know, motorbike, you know you're a motorbiker, mm-hmm. you get a lot more vibration. So what Garmin do for the Montana, they do a really chunky bar mount that clamps onto the back of the unit and it has a security screw as well that you screw down to lock it in place so we do a standard bar mount that just fits on your tubular bars 
and that's the simplest way to fit it but also what we stock and um, which a lot of people don't stock we, we have a special bundle that we've put together again i'll just hold it up for facebook users we have something called a rugged amps mount that clamps onto the back of the montana mm -hmm. and with this amps mount this is what the motorbike is like it has cabling with an inline fuse that means you can wire it into the battery Fantastic. on your bike so it's charging mm -hmm. all of the time it does actually have a jack plug on it so you can plug in a headset if you're using it for navigation on the roads which you can do with the montana like a car or motor uh, standard road bike gps so the rugged amps mount fits on the back of the unit and then what you have is which we now stock again it's not the most interesting box to hold up but <laughs> you might be able to see on facebook it's is handlebar mount kit Zumo. So this actually fits the Zumo um, road bike mo um, motorbike GPSs, but it also fits the Montana. So this ram mount bolts onto the back of the amps mount, and then you have a very solid steel arm that's bolted with a U clamp onto the bars of your motorbike, and it just raises up the GPS away from your handlebars a yeah. little bit, so you get a good view of the GPS device. So it's the ram mount and the amps mount. They're the two popular, most popular mounts that we do. You, you use the two together as a set. Yeah, yeah. You could also just use a, a normal bike bracket on the top of the ram. Ah, mount yeah. Sorry. So what I was saying at the start there, we also so we've got the amps mount that you use with the ram mount as a set. Yes. You'll find that on our website. We mentioned that you use the two together, or we got the special moto. But I'm um, sorry, um, Trail Riders bundle mm -hmm. with the Montana 610. But also we have something when you look under the accessories just called bike mount for the Montana 610. And again, that's a very chunky mount that clamps on the back of the unit and it just goes on the tubular bars. So it doesn't have the ram mount. It's not raised up and you're not, you're not charging it mm -hmm. while you're on the trail bike, but it's a simple way to fit it securely to the, the So if you were bike. just uh, someone who just goes out locally, um, just out for a day at a time, the bike mount might be suitable. But if you're wanting to go on consecutive days, and keep it charged up the ram mount is, is yeah it and wire it into your bike wire it into your bike there so that's brilliant so that's the the key three things that annie's just been through for mounting a montana onto a trail a bike so you've got the montana 610 or 680 you've got the ams kit or the bike mount and then you've got the uh, the rugged uh, the ram mount as well if that works alongside that and i think the important thing is the map and it's supply we supply them with os map and a lot of people sell the montana with no mapping which is no good to any trail rider or walker so we stock the units with the full gb ordnance survey mapping that's fantastic so if you want to find out more about um, about this, and he's actually done a video. Uh, we did that. It was in the newsletter last week, so you may have seen it. But he's done a video about showing you all these different accessories. So if you want to have a have a look at that video or look at these accessories, just go to our website. Look under the got under the GPS units and the ones with one to fifty thousand, and you'll see there's a new product Garmin Montana six ten Trail Riders bundle with OS one to fifty thousand. <laughs> Next thing is Andy's top tips. We've got both our SatMap and Garmin top tip. Even though somebody said this week we don't do many SatMap top tips. How dare they? We do a SatMap We always tip do a SatMap every, top tip. <laughs> so, hey, come on. We don't hold one against the other here. We try to be equal as best we can. So SatMap top tip. Uh, Andy. Uh, the, the SatMap top tip, tip top tip tip came from a call I got off a customer last week which uh, even though we've had all this lovely sunny weather that's why I was smiling when I said it because I just looked and he had rain in front of me I thought it's been the warmest no, I had a gentleman call me last week uh, he was using his Active 20 in the Lake District loving his new SatMap Active 20 
But even though we've had this lovely sunshine, we know what the lakes is like. It is one of the wettest parts of the country, I suppose. You had two days where it rained consistently and you had the rain yeah. bucketing down on the unit. Yeah. And what he'd found is, now this is the same with any touchscreen unit. If you get a lot of water on the screen or, or the water's really pounding down heavy on the screen, no problem with the waterproof rating. That's not the issue. But it can make sometimes the screen move and you can get some funny touches on the screen mm -hmm. if it's got a lot of water on it. What we really like about the new Active 20 when it's heavy rain or say you're in the winter and it could be hailstone or snow you can actually turn off the touchscreen because it's button and touchscreen yes. so you can make that decision weather's not very nice i don't want any accidental touches or, or the rain or, or hailstone doing anything on the screen so you actually go into your sat map active 20 in the main menu mm -hmm. you go to the settings and it's quite obvious where the setting is under settings you've got touchscreen settings so you select touchscreen settings and by default it'll say touchscreen is on and you just touch on where it says touchscreen on and you get the option to turn the touchscreen off and then you're just using the buttons instead yeah. so bad weather wet, wet snow turn off the touchscreen on the active 20 and just use the buttons that's a really nice and joking aside actually there's been some heavy showers over the last we've had some heavy rain as well so <laughs> i think there's um, some forecast for yeah. today so that's a really good one for this this time of year as well so then garmin top tip andy for this week uh, again it's simple top tip for garmin but something customers often forget about here uh, i've had a couple of emails this week on customers asking about um, they've bought new computers and they want to transfer everything they've done in Garmin's free planning software base camp onto their new computer. Or I've had customers who just use two computers and they're asking the easiest way to transfer data across. And I think a lot of customers forget that there's on Garmin Basecamp, there's a simple menu called File Backup. So on Garmin Basecamp, when you've got it open, this is the free planning software from Garmin. Whether you're on a Windows or Mac, if you hover your cursor over the file menu at the top, you'll see Backup select backup you can back up your whole database onto Brilliant. a memory pen and then on your new computer plug that memory pen in and then with basecamp software open you go file restore and you restore from the backup that you've done i tend to do a backup probably every month on my own basecamp software just for safety anyway you know in case i ever have any problems with the computer it's why it sounds nice and simple to do so that's brilliant so thank you so much for both your sat map and garmin top tips and this this month we also got a top tip email just from andy cousin so many thanks for that so you, do, you don't have to be called andy to be this part of the uh, podcast he says hi guys really enjoying the podcast and the online resource videos are brilliant i have a tech tip that may help when planning a route on Garmin Basecamp, is using a Mac, but he says it may work on Windows. I found that instead of using the black box to move the map and zoom in and out, I can use the keyboard arrows to move the map and also the plus and minus to zoom in and out. Works better for me, all the best. Does it work on Windows, Andy? Um, we don't tend to have to use it on Windows. The tip that Andy's kindly sent in is um, if you're using a Mac computer and you're planning a route on Garmin software, Basecamp, and you're on the map page, when you get to the edge of the map and you want to move it, mm -hmm. um, what happens on the Windows computer, you get this big white arrow up here and you can just left click and it moves the map without accidentally marking a point. That doesn't happen on a Mac. So normally on a Mac, we recommend you take your cursor to the top left of the map screen and you have these arrows that you can use to move the map around when yeah. you're planning a route. But what Andy's discovered is it's something I, I'm sure I have come across before. It's just something I've not used. If you use the arrows on your keyboard, yeah. you can move the map around using the arrows on your keyboard. So that's a great tip. Uh, thanks, Andy. So thanks for that. And it's very much appreciated. So again, you don't have to be called Andy if you want to email in your top tips and we'll try and include them in future podcasts. <laughs> So, for one month only, ask Andy. I smiled at this because on Tuesday I thought, what are we going to do in the podcast? So I emailed everybody and said, come on, 
it's email your ideas thinking that you might say, well, I'd like to hear more about the Montana or the Oregon or I don't know, anything. But all I got was lots of questions. So <laughs> what do I do with all these questions? So I kind of compile them or the best of them into um, into the list that we've got now. So we've got lots of more sport tech questions. So for one month only, we're going to do Ask Andy. The first question came in from someone um, who was on actually one of our webinars. I was on a webinar on Wednesday and somebody asked me this question. At the end of it, I said, I've not got a clue what the answer is, but I know someone who may know the answer to it. So the question was, I'm sorry, the person, I, I cut and pasted the question, but I didn't copy and paste your name. So sorry, I can't uh, give you a name check, but you were on my uh, webinar on Wednesday about getting started with the Oregon and eTrex Touch GPS device. His question was, I've noticed that two versions of recording track save to the Oregon with slight differences in distance and speed. Which is the most accurate, the track manager version or the one saved in activity history? Yeah, so what you've noticed is on the new generation of GPS devices, the Oregon and the eTrex touches, when you start an activity, start a track recording, when you save the track recording at the end, the Oregon 700 series and touch series record the track as two formats. One in the track manager file and one in the activity file. Mm -hmm. Both of those tracks are, are are viewed in Basecamp software as well. One's called the GPX file. That's the one that's in track manager. And one's called the dot .fit file. Okay. That's the one that's saved in activities. There shouldn't really be any difference between the two. Um, I did a little bit of research and, you know, we can do some further research on this. But what I found from Garmin was, and just looking at them ourselves, the GPX file, the only difference should be if you're using something like a Tempe sensor or a heart rate monitor, if you've got one of the new generation units that has the Bluetooth ENT um, option, the GPX file would actually record that extra data. Right. That's the one we normally use in Basecamp, the GPX file. Yeah. And it's if you don't change the name of it when you save it at the end, it's the date and time of when you saved it. So at the end of your walk. The other one that you're seeing, which goes in the activity manager file, is called the .fit file. That one is saved with the date that you actually, I'm sorry, the date and the time that you started your recording. Okay. And the reason they have this .fit file, if any of you use, there's an app called Garmin Connect that you can also put on your computer instead of Garmin Basecamp. The fit file is able to be viewed and transferred into Garmin Connect. What you find is Garmin Connect will adjust that file to suit the, the map overlay and the elevation taken from the maps that's where you can get some slight differences right normally there shouldn't be much difference between the two they're just two different formats gpx for using in base camp that's the one in track manager and the dot fit file saved in the activities for using in the garmin connect that's app. brilliant okay so those are two different types on this thank you for that next question comes from percy hunt he says good morning i'm probably doing something stupid however i do all the things i have been shown and transfer the plotted route to my gps what i find is that the directional pointer is out by 180 degrees and it has done this for a number of times i know the path i'm walking on so just ignore it but is there something i'm doing wrong i'm assuming there must be but i haven't found that yet andy so Percy M's um, got a Garmin unit and what Percy's explaining there is he's using the compass pointer on his Garmin and what the compass pointer should do when you're navigating a route or a track is point you to the next point that's been marked in that route or track. So a couple of things that I would check or get Percy to check is we always recommend that you recalibrate your electronic compass in the Garmin GPS every time you turn it on and go for a walk. Got videos on our online training resource showing you how to do that from the compass screen of your GPS. So always recalibrate it. Make sure 
before you calibrate the compass this is very important that when you're going to set up and system on your Garmin unit that the battery type selected matches the battery you're using otherwise the compass can do funny things if you've set the battery incorrectly and the other thing to check is this is something I don't think you would have changed Percy but when you go into setup and routing there's an option called route transition that should be set as auto so that's in setup and routing route transition should be auto what that means is the GPS once you've walked past a point that you've marked on a route the compass pointer should start pointing you to the next point on your route now bear in mind sometimes it depends on the accuracy of where you mark that point when you're route planning if the point is slightly off from the footpath to where you are that compass pointer can turn round and point to that point that you haven't walked close enough to for about 50 meters but then normally when you get about 50 meters away it starts to uh, point to the next point on mm -hmm. so hopefully that uh, helps yeah i had someone on a course that route transition there was someone on a course it was in rothbury and uh, that was the thing we couldn't get it to log on to the next waypoint it was that route transition no we haven't gone through setup properly so I, I don't know that was my inkling that it's either yeah. calibrating the compass or that route transition isn't it so question number three the next question comes from Anne Scola Andy Scola Scola apologies we've pronounced your name wrong Anne <laughs> who's been one of our sat map course in Northumberland uh, that's the one that you deliver isn't it Andy yeah. so, so Andy must know the name because he had her on a course so my... I just called her Anne <laughs> you know Anne my very uh, friendly at right. GPS training so he says my she or oh, she says sorry my sat map 12 fairly often drops the active route on the map even all although I activate the route and press the start button at the beginning of the walk. This happened twice on my recent walk of, of 22k. Any thoughts? Could it be an intermittent loss of satellite signal in the Scottish Highlands, perhaps? Would it be good to hear anybody else experience this issue? Look forward to the podcast. So... Yeah, I, I had a chat with Anne um, the other week there. Now, I know Anne's sending her unit back to SatMap to be reconditioned because I think she's got a, a button that's been damaged on the side of the unit. So it's not something I've come across before. So it could actually just be a fault with the unit. So, of course, Anne's sending the unit back. Fingers crossed when you get the unit back, obviously, you can retest this. So it may just be a fault with the unit. It could be the GPS aerial insights become dislodged and maybe it is something to do with that. Mm -hmm. The only other thing that I could think of, um, I know Anne mentioned on our question, that the routes are 22k so that I'm the fairly long routes now it depends on how you've planned the routes um, the same with the Garmin and the sat map we find if your routes have got too many points in them um, with the Garmin we've got the stipulation they won't work if they're past 250 yeah. now sat map don't actually stipulate the maximum number of points but I find if you do really long routes in the sat map and you go way over sort of 200 points they can have a few problems loading in the units so we tend to say if you've got really long routes try and split them into a a morning afternoon or if it's a long distance route into days so it could be something to do with that or it could simply be just there is a fault with the unit which i know Anne's sending it back to have we re reconditioned yeah i think she sent it back on money so fingers crossed and sat map is quite good at not one we've come across before no, unfortunately pretty. next question comes from pauline watkins who's from cornwall so he says, I've had to be away from my newest GPS for four months and I'd appreciate a mention on editing tracks, more particularly on how to join tracks and ensure they all go in the correct direction. Mine don't. I have trouble finding out how to do these correctly. So, um, online resource, I would point this person to, but Angie, and you can try and describe what you want. This is using Garmin Basecamp, I'm yeah. presuming, isn't what it? What Anne's asking is, um, in Garmin Basecamp, um, from the question, 
can you see which direction your tracks or routes are going in and i'm assuming it's if you've if you actually create a route and then accidentally stop that route and then just start a new route and you want to join a couple together now we do show on our online resource a video on making sure that if you've accidentally stopped a route and you want to continue that same route how to do that i must admit i don't know if i've done one on joining tracks or routes so that's something i'm gonna um put together if i haven't and i'll add a new video onto the online resource but what you do in basecamp software so get cut to the chase to join two routes together if you're in basecamp software whether you're mac or windows and you can see in the bottom left hand window your two route names that you want to join together you simply use the arrow up on your keyboard and highlight using the left click of your cursor both of the routes that you want to join so they're highlighted together and then when you right click with your cursor on the two highlighted routes in the drop down box that appears you get the option join join tracks mm -hmm. do, do, um it's along the uh, yeah the word is jo join selected tracks yeah. or join selected routes of its routes so you se you select that and then a box appears showing your two routes or two tracks you're going to join now the important thing is that box shows the order it's going to join them so if you find it joins them in the wrong order you've got an up and down arrow and you can switch the order ah, right, okay. that it joins them so that's how you join oh, uh, sorry i missed out at the start there i think um the lady was asking as well about seeing what direction they go. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you realise on Basecamp software, if you zoom in quite close on any of your routes or tracks, there's red arrows embedded yeah. into those routes or tracks showing the direction of travel. And then she can just right click and reverse route. Also, and she yeah, so actually if you've got a track or route going in the wrong direction, uh, another tip is where you've got your route or track name in the bottom left hand window on Basecamp, when you right click in this drop down box that appears, one of the options is invert route or invert track, which will reverse the direction of that track or route. That's brilliant. So, so she's a, zoom in, make sure they're in the right direction. If not, she can rotate them around and then, as you say, you can click on one and then the other and join the ones, two ones. Yeah, as long as you just highlight the two together, right click on the two you've got highlighted and select the option join selected tracks or join selected routes. I should know the answer to this. Please tell me tell me off for not knowing it but do you cover this in the webinar that you do on, on Garmin Basecamp or is it a little bit too advanced for it? I must admit it's not something I normally cover but I tell you the, the reason that most customers want to join routes together is they've accidentally stopped a route right. halfway through so what I show on my webinar is how if you accidentally stop a route halfway through rather than creating a new route you add on to the end of your route that you're creating and it gets it gets away from that issue of having to join two routes together mm -hmm. the webinars we're talking about is the ones that Andy and I do in the evening so these are live seminars one does Andy does one on Garmin Basecamp for both for PC and Mac users and I do the one on the specific units so I do the unit specific webinars so again if you got a unit from us you get one of these well two of these webinars for free um, or alternative you can buy them and now £29.99 yeah. each also in the online resource there's some really good Garmin Basecamp videos so, um, so we go to our online resource go to Garmin Basecamp uh, Basecamp video tutorials there's one I think the eighth video down is called is amending your off-road walking routes and Andy yeah. in there uh, takes you through amending those routes <laughs> The next thing, for the first time ever, we've got a GPS training podcast competition. As it's our 12th, I thought we'll have a little competition to celebrate us creating um, the, the 12th podcast. We've done it for our year anniversary, where we'll be next, that's our 12th one. So, drum roll please. <laughs> the prize is going to be 
a free bird's eye voucher. So Andy's holding it up if you're a Facebook user for a bird's eye voucher. It's the biggest ever bit of packaging for the smallest little <laughs> So this is for, we'll have to do one for SatMap we'll, next we'll month. We'll do another SatMap as we'll we'll, we'll do another competition next month. <laughs> so don't worry if you're SatMap, I think we'll do another competition well, next month. Well spotted Andy, he'll be uh, back on the phone. So this is um, for Garmin users, we have a bird's eye select voucher. Brilliant, which, what is a bird's eye select voucher? So a bird's eye select voucher lets you download extra mapping to your Garmin GPS device. Where it's most commonly used is if you've bought a Garmin GPS device with either no mapping, maybe just the topoactive mapping or the one to 50 ordnance survey mapping, and you want an area of one to 25 more detailed mapping for Great Britain, using this voucher, you can download 3000 square kilometers of mapping of your choice. It can be used in a few other countries as well. Just an example, I know in France, you get 1,500 square kilometres of IGN mapping. Mm -hmm. On our website, under the GPS store and Garmin mapping, we explain a little bit more detail about the bird's eye voucher and what other countries it can be used Brilliant. in. And when you get it from us, if you buy one or you win the competition, you have to get a step-by-step -step guide of how to go through that process. Yeah, and the online training resource has lots of videos on using this bird's eye select voucher. So that's what you get that's, in the competition. That's the competition we'll this the month. Question. Next month is going to be a sat map, I yeah. promise. Yeah. Ooh, get told off. Okay, so the question is, last weekend, the 4th of August, I was at a large event with Garmin. Now, I actually mentioned at the start of the podcast, we realised what I was going to do. So anyway, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, but what was the event I was at with Garmin? I don't know. If you don't know the answer, you can go to our Facebook page. If you scroll back down, you'll see the team shot from that day. So you actually see myself, Tom from Garmin, who we mentioned earlier on the podcast, and my daughter Lois, who's with me for the day. So if you, if you want to... Uh, find out the answer you can uh, just go onto our Facebook page and find it there it's actually the lead story in today's newsletters if you get our GPS training newsletter the top left hand story is actually this event so that's the question so how do you answer how do you um, email in your answer just email your answer to office at gpstraining.co.uk so question is last weekend the 4th of August I was at a large event with Garmin what was that event as I say if you scroll down on our Facebook page you'll see the picture from the day if you get a newsletter you'll see it um, alternatively you go back to the start of the podcast we mentioned it then just email your answer to office at gpstraining.co.uk the closing date for the competition is the date we record the next podcast for the 14th of September we've got it a week late because Andy's on holiday at the start of September I'm away the following Friday morning so we have to do it a week later than normal so the 14th of september is when we record it we'll actually draw out the winner before we do it and we'll announce it on the podcast mm -hmm. next week and you can draw it out next week and finally thank you very much for listening to this our gps training podcast it's our 12th podcast Please do give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. Please take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS training courses. Please do tell your friends about the podcast and about GPS training. Any help you can give us to share the message is very much appreciated. And don't forget, you can watch us recording the podcast on our Facebook page, which is GPS Training UK, or on our YouTube channel, which is just GPS Training. And please don't forget to RST add podcast. Please rate our podcast on iTunes. It really does help get the uh, get people um, seeing the podcast if you rate it on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. And please tell a friend about BGP, both about GPS Training and the GPS Training podcast. 
podcast. Many thanks, Andy, for joining me on our 12th GPS training podcast. Thank you. And have a good week or a good month ahead of you, whatever you're going to do. And thanks for listening.